This is the St. Marianne Cope Parish Podcast. Thanks for joining us. St. Marianne Cope Parish is the community of Catholic believers from Lakeland and Solvay, New York, located in Syracuse. Our podcast is here to help encourage and edify you in your faith. This reading from the Acts of the Apostles, the history of the early church immediately following the resurrection, gives us very good insight into the way that the church today must work and reach out and be an agent of the evangelization of the whole world. First of all, we have Paul and his traveling companion Barnabas moving around from one place to another, visiting the various infant churches. And in their visits to these churches, they were encouraging them to be strong in the faith, to give witness to the faith in the midst of sometimes very hostile conditions. And we have Paul who teaches and clarifies That certainly is evident from the letters that Paul wrote to many of those infant churches. Many of those letters were spurned by by difficulties that they were having and questions that needed to be answered by those infant churches so that they might conform themselves to Christ more accurately and more perfectly. So Paul and Barnabas are speaking in the synagogue community. Remember that there was not a total separation in the beginning from the Jewish synagogue to the Christian church. It was a gradual kind of thing that took place because eventually the Jewish establishment got so weak that the converts did not see themselves as needing to remain attached to that Jewish community, but rather that they would celebrate the synagogue service in the Christian assembly, just like we do. Because the synagogue service is basically the liturgy of the word of our mass, the first part of the mass with the readings, the singing of the psalm, uh, is, is really the synagogue service where they read from the Jewish scriptures, where the rabbi taught. There was a homiletic aspect to the synagogue service. Well, we celebrate that, and that's what gradually developed into the first part of the Mass the way that the Christians worshipped. And of course, you heard before how they would celebrate the Liturgy of the Word, and then they would keep vigil all night long on Saturday. And then when the sun rose on Sunday morning, they would commemorate the resurrection of Jesus 
with the celebration of the Eucharist. In this case, Paul and Barnabas are preaching to the people and the, the people, the Jews, are threatened, the Jews who have not converted to Christianity. And so they violently contradicted Paul in what he was saying because, of course, he was talking about the person of Jesus Christ. He was talking about the victory of Jesus Christ over sin and death. So what happens essentially is that people who are unwilling to change die. It's, it's a law of nature, it's a law of sociology, and it is evident in all organisms if they do not adapt, if they do not change, they die. But those who adapt continue to live. They continue to manifest a vibrancy. And that's what happens here when Paul resisted the Jews who wanted to keep the church small and exclusive. They wanted to keep the church in Jerusalem as if it was something to be hoarded rather than shared. Remember, the command of Jesus was to go out and to preach to all nations. So they were directly disobedient to that command from Jesus. Well, of course, Judaism falls into pretty bad straits, is not very respected, and I'm not sure it's ever come back because of the fact that it did not speak to the world, not because it couldn't have spoken to the world, but because they refused to speak to the world. They refused to be welcoming to the world. So Paul begins the evangelization of the non-Jews or the Gentiles. And of course, we call St. Paul the apostle to the Gentiles in that he brought the church out of Jerusalem and especially into the Greek world where Christian communities established themselves and Paul protected, he guided, and he brought them to maturity so that to this very day, those Christian communities exist. Still in persecution, though. I must say that many of the infant church communities are still persecuted in the Middle East. And what, what Paul said to them, the advice that he gave to them, is still applicable, and they still, they still resound with that advice from the places where Paul actually walked. And of course, it says that the, the Gentiles rejoiced. They rejoiced in the fact that they were included, that they were welcome to belong to 
those who were receiving the good news of salvation in Christ Jesus. Now think about it. I really shouldn't have even had to say that because it's just common sense. If you walk through the door and I extend my hand and I say, come on in, you know that you feel welcomed. You feel that you could belong here. But if you walk through the door and someone snubs you, or someone doesn't act like they really care if you're there or not, then you're probably never going to come back. I wouldn't. So what is common sense, I guess, has to be said. And Paul had to say it, and we have to say it today. And as I've said to you many times, and I'll keep repeating it until I breathe my last breath, any community that does not welcome new members is dead. A community that welcomes new members is alive and well and adapts itself to the situation where it exists. Not that it waters down the faith. We never water down the faith. That's not what adapting means. It means that we find ways to sit down with people and enter into dialogue with them so that we can expose the beauty, the splendor of our salvation in Christ Jesus. The passage from the book of Revelation is really wonderful to be read here in this church building. And I'm going to tell you why in a second. John the Divine has a vision, and he describes it as seeing this great multitude. A multitude. Well, that gives us hope that many of us will be saved. The great multitude, he says, which no one could count from every nation, race, people, and tongue. Well, in the creed today, you are going to solemnly confess that you believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. And remember, it's Catholic with a lowercase c, meaning that the word refers to the universality of the church, that the church welcomes all people into itself to become a member of the body of Christ. Another reason that we must be compelled to be a welcoming people because we say we're Catholic. And Catholic means we welcome people from every nation, race, people, and tongue, every kind. And then one of the elders said, these are the ones who have survived the great distress. Well, of course, the book of Revelation being written down and formulated somewhere between 95 and 105 AD, 
existed in a very hostile time to Christianity. In fact, we call the first period of church history the period of martyrdom because so many died for the faith. Many died because they would not deny Christ. Even when it meant giving their lives, it was more important to give their lives than to to die a traitor. So here we have then this, this description of martyrdom and the beautiful the beautiful description they washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb what a fascinating description you know if you get a blood stain it's very hard to get out right so here we are talking about they're washing their robes in blood now what are the robes refer to the robe of baptism. If you came to the Easter Vigil, you saw that those who were baptized were dressed in a white robe. And that is the robe of baptism, which indicates that we have received the grace of salvation. And so the baptized who are faithful to the end, even if it means martyrdom, win the crown of glory. Now, the priest and the deacon also wear the white robe. The white robe here is also a sign that I stand in your midst, essentially from the primacy of my baptism, that I received another sacrament on top, which I wear on top of my baptismal robe. But essentially, my foundation, like yours, is baptism. Now, they, the, what I said about this church building is they stood before the throne, before the Lamb, wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. Now, if you look up at the medallions on either side, just below the clerestory windows of this building, You will see on those medallions, in almost every one of them, there are palm branches. Those palm branches, of course, are symbolic of this reading that you heard today, because St. Cecilia was a courageous, virtuous martyr for Christ. And so she is one of the ones that John the Divine would have seen in that vision of martyrdom, carrying the palm branches. And we remember even the symbol on Palm Sunday as we waved palm branches. We were, we were prefiguring even the martyrdom of those who had won victory in Christ. Jesus, the Good Shepherd, calls us to fidelity, to fidelity which is not some kind of general, kind of nice way of living, but rather to be obedient to the specific commands of Christ 
to conform ourselves to Christ. It's not just enough to be a good person. There's lots of good persons who are not Christians, they're not Jews, they're not Muslims, they're not anything. They're good people. That's not what we're talking about. That's not who we're supposed to be. You're supposed to be a good person anyway. But on top of that, just like on top of me, I put on the baptismal robe, which says that I have been graced by eternal salvation and that we put on Christ who dealt with the world in a specific way. And our job, our role, our mission is to conform ourselves as individuals and as our community to Christ and to deal with the world as Christ deals with the world. Thanks for joining us on the St. Marianne Cope Parish Podcast. If you have questions about St. Marianne Cope Parish, our locations, or any of our ministries, visit us online at stmariannecope.org.